I'm here today to ask you to run for elected office. What? You say you're not a politician? You're just a regular person? Then you're exactly who your community and our country needs. Being in elected office isn't that different from what you do and have experienced in your life. How do I know? Because I ran and I'm just starting my second full term as mayor of Casey, South Carolina. All the worries, all the skepticism and doubt you feel, I felt too. Too much of a challenge, you think? Have you ever gone after the same promotion as a colleague? The same client as a competitor? Ever thought differently about the best solution than those around you? Have you ever tried negotiating with the repairman? If you have no challenge in your life, then can we please be friends? <laughs> but most of us have had to learn how to work well with others. The same skills you use in your daily job, tact, diplomacy, and an interest in working towards a better goal are things we need more of in elected office. Too much fundraising, you think? Well, if you believe in something, it gets easier to do. Have you ever helped your kids, the baseball team, the neighborhood kids, with selling cookie dough, wrapping paper, Girl Scout cookies, chocolate bars, magazines? Have you ever Take raised money for a nonprofit? For office. Welcome to Training Tuesday on the Rob Maynard Show. We're live here on the Red Voice Media Network. And no spaces simulcast tonight due to technical issues, but if you're frustrated because your taxes are high, but things like schools are underfunded, and the money they do get is used for indoctrinating your kids in gender ideology, queer theory, sexualization, and leftist ideas that uh, rather than on reading, math, and science, will run for office. Are you tired of elected officials saying they'll support conservative ideas like low taxes on the campaign trial trail and doing the opposite once you vote for them and get them in office? Well, run for office. Can you see the ludicrous nature of lifetime career politicians who act as though they're English lords and ladies and want to change the ability of anyone to die in office at any level? Well, run for office. That's right. You get it. I said it. Run for office. I've done it at the statewide, state representative, and county levels, and so should you if you want to change the way things are going in our country. You've heard people like me, General Mike Flynn, and Steve Bannon tell you over and over that local action results in national impact, and that is because it is true. Today, I'm talking with one of you, a citizen who's decided he's had enough and is running for state senate in his home state of New Jersey. Every state in our country needs fighters, and this man, he fights. I know him. Mike Byrne is a man of high energy who's done more than most at his age, but is capable of doing much more. Not to mention his fighting Irish heritage is a proven asset in our fight against craziness such as gender ideology, queer theory, critical race theory, weaponized government attacking our liberty, and corrupt politicians. Mike, welcome to The Rob Mana Show. Rob, glad Rob. to be here today. Thank you. Hey, it's good to have you on. You know, uh, uh, if you mean to have your camera on, we don't have video of you, uh, but we do well, have your audio, Mike. But, well, I'd uh, like to. It's 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 not allowing me to. Uh, I I think you can probably see my profile picture, but it's not allowing me to come on live. I don't I don't know why. Okay. Well, uh, let me just be transparent up front. Mike Byrne was my campaign manager in my first ever political campaign. It was a statewide U.S. Senate race in the state of Louisiana. Uh, well, Mike, it's good to hear from you. It's good to have you on. And uh, let's see here. Well, I got to ask the, the obvious first question. Why in the heck did you decide to run for office? You're very talented. You've got a lot of experience, including in politics. Uh, and now you've decided you've got to get a you've got to get into an elected office yourself. Well, here in New Jersey, Rob, uh, we have a lot of problems in our Republican Party. Maybe we'll talk about some of them in the course of the evening. But one of them is that we have a system where county chairmen, insiders, uh, a lot of folks that are in the establishment and tied to 
bipartisan, so-called bipartisan lobbying firms and so forth control the party. And they have a lot of influence as to who is on the primary ballot and whether or not there are any candidates on the primary ballot. And this year, uh, our county chairman failed to put candidates on the primary ballot in a number of districts in the state Senate position and in the assembly position. Now, was it done on purpose or was it done through some sort of negligence? You never know, you really just don't know. But when the sample ballots came out and we saw a number of us saw that there were vacancies on the ballot, we decided to put some teams together and launch write-in campaigns so that we could fill those positions and become the official Republican nominees uh, in, the, in the various districts. And we were successful in that in the June primary. And um, from there, we are now uh, a part of the Republican team statewide and driving a message that Phil Murphy and Matt Platkin, who's the attorney general, that their agenda is far too radical for this state, for any state, attacking parental rights, attacking school boards, attacking the Moms for Liberty as so-called extremists. And that it's time to finally put a check on the Murphy administration bring his radical agenda to a grinding halt. So that's what I'm hoping to do this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, New Jersey is not known for electing Republicans. What's your, uh, uh, what's your prospects of taking the seat? Well, uh, as a matter of fact, at, at the state, within the state, uh, we do tend to elect some Republicans. Uh, certainly, more often than not, we have Republican governors. We had Tom Kane for two terms. We had Christy Whitman for two terms. We had Chris Christie, for better or for worse, for two terms. And again, for better or for worse, Chris Christie actually won re-election with 60% of the vote. And um, it wasn't all that long ago that we controlled both houses of the legislature. Now, at the federal level, that's true. We have problems at the federal. We haven't elected a U.S. senator in 50 years. That's the longest in the nation at this point. But um, within the state, uh, the people are very, very conservative because it's a lot of pocketbook issues. We have the highest property taxes in the country. As I say, we have a governor whose attorney general has launched an all-out war on school boards. He's suing them to prohibit teachers and administrators from telling parents what's going on in their children's lives at school. And so this, these things are radical, 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 and the people are fed up with it. Oh, they absolutely are. And, uh, I've got you for the whole hour, unless I don't know something, Mike, and I, and I wanna talk through each of those issues. Uh, uh, we do have your profile picture up now uh, on the show, and uh, during the first break, maybe my producer Disco can help help with the camera issue that'd be, uh, that'd be, so that'd be great let's uh let's talk about corruption i mean everybody has seen the uh the reporting on senator menendez he's already been through one trial uh and <laughs> was able to get off on it now he's being indicted again i mean there's various reasons probably for that uh but is new jersey's senator one of their senators and my question to you is does that level of corruption uh, that this guy represents, does that go all the way down to the local level in New Jersey? Or is, it ju is this just, you know, uh, a, a particular politician type? No we, no, we have a history of corruption. We had the abs scam scandal, as you probably remember back in the early 80s with uh, John, John McCain and others who were involved in that. We had, of course, Jim McGreevy's famous press conference in 2004. Uh, where he announced that he would resign, that his, you know, he had given his gay lover the uh, Department of Homeland Security position, and uh, we've had, we've had, you know, lots of corrupt. Chris Christie made his career as U.S. Attorney, busting uh, local politicians for corruption. In some cases, you know, I think he was putting feathers in his cap, but in some cases, it was absolutely legitimate. Uh, but really, the, the real corruption is what's allowed and what's allowed by the law and by the establishment on both parties. And that is, that's the scam of the county chairman picking candidates, controlling candidates, and controlling uh, really the entire political system without any electability or transparency. And that, that's really where the root of the corruption comes from. And that's what allowed Bob Menendez just, uh, I guess, last cycle to basically push out a sitting congressman and install his son in the seat that he once held. So ah. we have two Menendez in New Jersey. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so in, 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 oh yeah, in between these two indictments, of course, Menendez was indicted, uh, and he and he somehow 
uh, walked away about five or six years ago. But in between these two indictments, he installed his son in his old congressional seat. Wow. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit of nepotism there, I think. Uh, just, a little, just a little. Just a little. But yeah, so uh, we got to take our first commercial break, unfortunately. But when we come back, I want to dive deeper into this Moms for Liberty thing uh, uh, because they're your big endorsement, uh, according to your webpage, which is done very well. Thank you very much. Uh, I think you've got a great webpage. It, it gets right to the point, tells the story, and uh, highlights everything. But uh, we'll be right back with uh, state Senate candidate for New Jer in New Jersey's 27th district, Michael Byrne, uh, here at the Rob Manus Show on the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. Moms and dads of America, you love your kids, you love God, you love this country, and you're tired of watching companies betray your values and ruin great products. Don't get angry. Invest your time, energy, and money into the people that are building the country you want for your kids and standing for the values that will lead to their blessing and protection. Invest in companies like Brave Books. They are on a mission to create content for kids that is safe for them to enjoy. They have kids' books that teach about character, hard work, and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember, the land of the free depends on the homes of the brave. one's on me, bud. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. for liberty so you're telling me there's a new threat besides gender ideology besides critical race theory what's this third one so social emotional learning is basically the trojan horse that allows critical race theory that allows the critical queer theory teaching our kids how to feel teaching them about their feeling rather than parents paying for a therapist for their children they let the teachers do it at school they talk about their feelings they talk about their feelings all the time or they'll say it, it's called formative conversations and they'll say so how can we show empathy? Let's say that we have... So empathy? Okay, so it's a word, let's say they have a word of the week. And the word of the week at my child's school was empathy. And the, word, and they, the teacher started talking, how can we show empathy? And then she says, if you have a friend that has two moms, how can you have empathy? Well, my child goes home and says, mom, there can be two moms. You know, and then these, these conversations... Welcome 
back to the Rob Manus Show uh, here at Training Tuesday. We're talking about running for office because that's what you should do if you're fed up with stuff like that. That uh, state Senate candidate for uh, New Jersey's 27th District, Michael Byrne, has joined us today. And uh, Michael's with us by phone. And uh, Mike, you, you were endorsed by Moms for Liberty. I don't know if you could see that clip. It's meant to be a hit clip, I think. Uh, I pulled it off of uh, some uh, lefty, uh, lefty Twitter account and everything. But, but it really makes the point that uh, it's not just CRT. It's not just career ideology. It's not gender ideology. It's also social emotional learning. And SEL is the, it's the, it's the kind of dressed up uh, view that they want parents to see. And, uh, and non-administrator types and non-teacher types to see as something that's that's uh, that's a big deal that your kids be part of. But it's really, as uh, as a young woman said, it's the Trojan horse that encompasses all this stuff, according to Dr. James Lindsay. Uh, am I something there? Well, the social emotional learning that is a battle that we fought earlier this year in New Jersey. Uh, the Democrats in the legislature um, enacted a, uh, a grief counseling bill to bring brief, grief counseling into the schools. And they brought in a radical left organization as the consultancy that set up this program. Nowhere was there any uh, possibility or mention of involving a, a priest or a rabbi or a pastor of some kind. Nowhere is it mentioning really involving parents. It was just a bureaucracy would determine that children were going through some sort of grief for whatever reason, and then they would impose grief counseling services uh, set up through a policy by this radical left group. And I think you just see this as another example, to your point about how I think, the, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're suffering from cultural Marxism from the radical left, the absolute destruction of the family. They think the moms are extremists. They don't want parents involved if there are gender identity concerns. They don't want parents involved if a young lady is pregnant. They don't want parents involved if there's grief for whatever. It could be a parent died or who knows what is. They remove it all from the parents, and they're going to take care of all of it at school without involving them. And this is... This is an abrogation of our natural rights. It's an abrogation of family rights. There's no, there's no basis for this whatsoever. It's a, uh, it's an explosion of, you know, when when we were kids, uh, uh, and, uh, there would be a big debate about whether you, uh, what type of sex education you got in seventh or eighth or ninth grade, uh, what even what grade it would be in, and uh, whether boys would be in the same room as girls, uh, and those kind of things, uh, and, and the big push from the parents was, well, school shouldn't be teaching my kids what I should be teaching my kids. This is an explode, like a nuclear detonation of, of increase in that the school is now forci forcibly taking it on uh, and you, by the use of legal force, removing families and parents from the equation, if I've got it right. Yeah, you absolutely have a right. That that has to be their agenda, if they want to get control of the kids. You have you you know you have also lots of studies out there. I'm sure you've seen them in terms of their uh, of, of children. They have they have a very uh, what they call it anxiety anxiety over climate change. Right, there all these radical concepts, unproven concepts that they're teaching, and where, where's the math? Where's the English? Where's the literature? Where's Shakespeare? Where's, where's, where's Aristotle's philosophy and, and uh, Plato's philosophy? None of that. None of that. It's, it's wild uh, climate policy, social emotional learning, grief counseling, uh, the sex education that you're referring to. That's, you know, that's peanuts compared to what it is now. We have books in our schools and in our libraries in New Jersey, as, as, as in many states across the country, uh, sure. that are they're outright pornographic. And you know you've you've seen the clips of parents and pastors trying to read read excerpts at school board meetings and ask why uh, they're permitted in the schools and and these school board presidents oh no you can't read that we're on television right now <laughs> but they're, meanwhile they're reading it to your five year old it's crazy 
Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's insane. Uh, I, you can't come up with the right pejorative descriptor uh, of this nuttiness, uh, you know? I mean, it's uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about on this subject is, uh, is that uh, when I was doing my research, uh, you know, I always hit the, the, the internet and stuff and, and Google the, the words and when i google moms for liberty new jersey uh that clip that i led this segment with was the most tame clip that i could find the the internet social media like x twitter whatever you want to call it is just littered with these leftist videos uh about how they have beaten back the, the racist extremism of Moms for Liberty in New Jersey, which really surprised me. But then I remembered that I that I just saw an article down here in Southern Mississippi that the Southern uh, Poverty Law Center uh, was the source on that, that said there's seven hate groups and extremist groups in the state of Mississippi. When you go to do their, look at their list, five of those groups are Moms for Liberty chapters. Yes, so yes. I see the movement is big in New Jersey, uh, based on this too. Uh, what is going on up there? I mean, we I, it's, again, it's the it's the establishment and the consulting class. At least in our party, we had we had consultants that ran around here a couple months ago, telling candidates, my peers, other districts, not to associate with the Moms for Liberty because the Southern Poverty Law Center says they're extremists. Isn't, it's, it's, it's absolute craziness. So we have, but we have six, these, listen, these moms, we had Scott Pressler here last night for a uh, get out the vote rally. And he said that he had, he had been speaking to different groups around the state. He said, he said, let me tell you something. The women in this state are tough broads and they're not gonna put up with it anymore. They are absolutely not gonna put up with it anymore. And they're not gonna be bullied by the, uh, the establishment of our party. They're not gonna be bullied by the schools or the school boards or the lawyers who work for the school boards and try to tell everybody what can and can't be done or how they have to vote on a particular policy that's handed down from the school boards association. They're just not gonna be bullied by anybody because their children's well-being is at stake. Yeah, exactly right. The, uh, that's that's precisely the point. Is not just the children, but families. Uh, the well-being of families is at stake. And those of us that are thinking human beings in America realize that when you have a strong family, you you have. I think it's about a sixty percent better chance of never having to live in poverty your entire life if you are part of a two-parent family. Uh, and uh, that's one of the things that we've let socialism or Democrat policies or whatever do to black America uh, is they've destroyed the two-parent family through policy uh, over the last 70 years. I mean, in the 1950s, uh, black American families were one of the strongest parts of our society, irregardless of all the, all the the, the crap with racism and segregation and all that, even in spite of that, uh, that proves that the right thing to do is do things to bolster families. And uh, that gets me to my other question about this. Uh, uh, obviously you've embraced Moms for Liberty. What are your plans for the state Senate on how to tackle this issue? Well, the, the the biggest issue that we're facing right now is is the so-called transgender guidance policy number 5756 that was written by the state's Department of Education. It was written in furtherance of a law that the legislature passed during the 2016-2017 session. And so that law can be repealed. Now, why that law was ever signed into uh, or approved and signed by Governor Christie, a Republican, God only knows. But he did sign it. It was written by the Democrat legislature. And it's, and it's another one of these uh, items that has allowed the bureaucrats in the Department of Education to run amok. And so we'll repeal it. We'll move to repeal it. Uh, but in the meantime, what's what's very good is that school boards are standing up to Murphy, standing up to the attorney general. Tell them, we're just not we're not going to implement it. 
you know, take us to court, take us to court. We're we're not going to implement, you know, what basically amounts to an unjust law. We are not going to remove parents from the most sensitive aspects of their children's lives. We are not going to keep secret files. Part of this policy is if a child goes by a different name, uses different pronouns, wears different clothes, then is their gender. They get a, they have to, the, the school keeps a secret file about all that in the child's alternate name and, do, and doesn't share that file with the parents. That's how far this goes. And so school boards that have courage are standing up and saying, we're not doing it, take us to court. And there have been some court hearings and there are more and more school boards joining. Every, every week I get emails from different parts of the state of more school boards that are stepping up to similarly reject the policy. So that's, that's a very good sign. Next uh, commercial break, Mike. Uh, when we come back, a uh, big part of your platform uh, talks about term limits. Uh, I want to get your take on uh, what needs to happen in the, at the state level uh, when we return here on the Rob Mana Show, Red Voice Media Network. We'll be right back. Very good. Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide this guide will give you all the answers you need american alternative assets is an a-plus and accredited member of the better business bureau protect your savings now before it's too late visit protectfrombiden.com individual results may vary there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Senators for providing me an opportunity to address this important issue. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are an employer and you've got some problems with your employees. When you hired these employees, they promised they would do exactly what you asked of them. But once they got the job, they became a nightmare. They stopped listening to you and started using the job to line their own pockets. They took the company credit card and racked up more debt than you could afford to pay back. They became so obsessed with keeping their jobs that they forgot to do their jobs. And after all that failure, all that disappointment, and all that incompetence, your employees came to you and said, we deserve a raise. If you're a reasonable person, that should make your blood boil. And yet, that is exactly what it feels like to be an American taxpayer. The first three words in our Constitution are, we the people. It's written larger than anything else because the framers of that document, the architects of our republic, wanted to remind you at all times who's in charge. We, the people. We are your employers, and you have an obligation to listen to us. So I come to you with a message from the American people. We demand term limits for members of Congress. In fact, according to the most recent national polls on the issue, 82% of Americans want term limits. That includes support from 89% of Republicans, 76% of Democrats, and 83% of independent voters. This is not a left or right issue. This is an American issue. In fact, term limits could be the only issue with support from both President Trump and former President Obama. Now, there was a time about 25 years ago when Congress was debating this. Nearly every opponent of term limits up here had the same rebuttal. Experience, experience, experience. We need experience. Welcome back to the Rob Manus Show. Uh, we're talking about uh, what to do if you're frustrated with your government. And that's run for office today with uh, New Jersey State Senate candidate uh, Michael Byrne, uh, who is uh, long, long experience in politics. Uh, matter of fact, Mike was my campaign manager in my first statewide race for U.S. Senate uh, 10 years ago. It's been a long time, Mike. Uh, uh, and you know, I ran on term limits too. I'm a big advocate of term limits. Uh, 
what's the issue with New Jersey? Do you have not have term limits at all at the state legislature level? No term limits at all. In fact, when I first got into this race, my opponent was Dick Cody, who uh, was elected, is still there, and was elected in 1972, 51 years ago. Uh, and he has been there ever since. He was governor in, in that term. In, within that time, he has been he served as acting governor twice. And uh, they finally decided to, a lot of, again, these county chairmen, a lot of deals, and backroom deals and so forth, they used him to defeat a black woman who they didn't like, you see. That, so they had an Irish Catholic, and yeah. they, they wanted him out, but they also wanted her out. So they put him into the same district after the census, and they used him to defeat her in the primary when they put him in the same district, and then they pushed him out anyway. And uh, they replaced him with some with somebody else. And so uh, now the now the person that they put in there is the assemblyman John McKee, and he's been there over 20 years. So this is uh, it's very much a business here in New Jersey, getting elected to the legislature, running up your pension, uh, taking a job after that that maybe has a higher salary, vesting it, you know, higher. It's yeah. it's just one big scam. So we we have to put an end to it. It obviously hasn't served us very well. When Dick Cody was elected. We had, uh, we had high property taxes in New Jersey, but we had no income tax. We had a low sales tax. We had no casino revenue and no lottery. And 50 years later, we have the highest uh, or the most progressive income tax in the country. The property taxes are still absurd. The sales tax is higher. Casino revenue is in, lottery revenue is in, and the schools are still failing. The roads are still crumbling, and they never solved the property tax crisis. So. Let's try something new and shake it up a little bit. It uh, sounds sounds very familiar to the federal level, you know. I mean, with the fight going on with the continuing resolution uh, today, uh, after promising to do, you know, individual appropriations bills and, and have good budget debates uh, and uh, under regular order, <laughs> McCarthy, uh, the uh, the establishment type, waits till the last minute because he knows he can try to force it through. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, we we have Republicans uh, and Democrats uh, that are longtime power uh, possessors that do business that way and it, it really it really uh it removes the ability of the people to be represented really uh because these people are representing folks that fund them and it keeps them keep them in office uh way beyond just a voter isn't it absolutely uh we, we got we have to we have to have turnover at this point the big issue that came up that i hadn't thought of um 10 years ago when we worked on this issue was the problem of the staff if if you term limit the elected officials you know where where does the power go to there'll still be some uh crux of power and so we were concerned about the staff and i think ultimately you have to come up with a system to term limit the senior staff and these legislative uh positions and to diffuse the power back among um, elected people that aren't there that long. And you know, we need more. We also need more people to run that aren't approaching it as a lifelong career or a lifelong business. You know, we were for we, this country wouldn't have gotten off the ground without without President Washington and the Cincinnati Society. And somehow nobody seems to care about that anymore. It's just, how can I get into, I, I failed in business or I failed in what I need to get into politics and uh, get paid out there over time, as the Bidens have shown us, for, for example. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why, you know, it, it's the money. Uh, you know, there wasn't that much money back then, uh, I think is one of the issues. I think it's the issue now, uh, you know. So uh, in spite of the founders doing their best efforts to, to split up power, even between the two houses of Congress at the federal level, uh, uh, you know, on the funding and the power of the purse there, uh, you still have these career politician types that that is what they focus on, the money, and then they use the money to keep themselves in power, even even though they in the House they have to run every two years, which was in theory supposed to block that, be able to block the career politician types. Uh, uh, unfortunately, there's so much money, uh, and there are so many money brokers, 
uh, like the defense industry, you know, uh, the the crazy leftist George Soros industry uh, that put money into these folks' hands, that then it goes all the way down to the local level now, uh, and it just keeps them uh, in power. We have to go to term limits. You know, I used to get hit with, uh, and you're right about the staffers, Mike. Uh, the second time I ran uh, for U.S. Senate. Uh, one of the things that I talked about was we have to have a term limit on staffers, not just for the congressional members, but for the committees, because the real power in the U.S. Congress, and I think at every level, is who controls the information flow in and out of those committees, especially the budget committees uh, uh, and the defense committees and those kinds of things uh, and I'm sure there are there are committees at the state level that are uh, have exactly that type of issue uh, that uh, we need to figure that out how do we limit uh, how long somebody can be in those staff especially the seniors that's right and of course power you know power is going to go somewhere and so then you're going to have to you have to take a look at the lobbyists and the outsiders in this state again we have to do something about our county chairman unelected unaccountable uh often using leveraging their role as county chairman to get contracts for their uh, law firms and uh, uh firms like mercury public affairs international firm we have a number of county chairmen that are senior vice presidents with them and so that's a big problem that we have to solve. Um, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna, and, and of course, the most important thing, the absolute most important thing is you expect a lot of this stuff from the Democrats. The trouble is when the Republicans get involved with it. We have to hold Republicans accountable. We have to hold them accountable in primaries. We have to hold them accountable 24 seven, 365. We have, I think, a num I think we have 13 Republicans running for uh, state legislature this year who have accepted the endorsement of the New Jersey Education Teachers Association, the, the NJEA. Oh it's, it's an atrocity. And we have, now, we have even the more. NJ, have, NJEA is pushing this, this uh, SEL stuff, aren't they? Sure. Oh, and, and, and they support the transgender policy. So, so while so we have we have a transgender policy that ninety percent of Republicans oppose, eighty percent of independents, sixty one percent of Democrats, seventy seven percent of all adults in New Jersey oppose this policy. It's a total winning issue. But meanwhile, we have thirteen Republicans that are being backed by the worst union in the state, maybe the worst teachers union in the country. They've taken massive contributions from them. A handful of them are giving lip service to the base that wants to get rid of the policy, but are they going? Are they going to make a move to do it? If we if we can retake control, which is seven seats in the assembly, six seats in the Senate, you have to wonder. Yeah. Uh, so you have six seats up for, up for grabs in the Senate. Well, no, the whole the entire legislature is up for grabs. If we if we okay. swing six in the Senate and we swing seven in the assembly will have control of both houses. And is your seat so, that you're running for one of those swing seats? Well, I'm, I'm gonna make it a swing seat. It's not naturally a swing seat. Now, is it open or is there an incumbent? Well, it's open because that fellow, remember I said Dick Cody had been there for 50 years. They yeah. pushed him out and that caused a lot of tumult. So now we have uh, an assemblyman who has represented part of the district, but not all of it because of redistricting. So. Got, yeah. He's been there for some time. He voted for the transgender policy law in committee. He voted for it on the floor, sent it to Christie to sign. He also said last year after the uh, Bruin case, he also said that, you know, there are certain people that we don't want to have guns. And those are the people in Newark, Patterson, Camden, and uh, I think Irvington. Well, who are uh, those people? Yeah, yeah, very who interesting. Are who are those people? Very interesting. He doesn't want those people, those people in yeah. Irvington, Newark, Camden, and Patterson to have access to guns and the right to carry. Well, those are predominantly yeah. African-American towns. Very interesting for a Democrat to say something like that, but he's very proud of it. Actually, it's it's not very it's not even uh, surprising, Mike. Uh, you know, the Democrat Party came up with uh, uh, with the methodology to keep Black Americans from owning guns, and the NRA was created back in the 1800s to stop it, <laughs> to get right. 
black families to join the NRA, the National Rifles Association. So, so uh, no, it's not even unique in, in Democrat policies. But at, the surprising thing is they keep getting away with it with that voting demographic. I think they're slowly losing it, a lot of it, especially black men, uh, young black men. But, uh, but, but golly, well, we're, we're, we're certainly seeing that at the national level, the president, uh, the rightful president, uh, increasing his share of the vote. You know, by a lot among black Democrats. But it's interesting, on this transgender issue that polls so well, 77% among all voters yeah. across the state of New Jersey, it actually polls two points higher among blacks and two points higher among those making over 100,000, a lot of whom in this particular area of the state are highly educated. So we're told that these are the these are the groups that Republicans can't get. Well, <laughs> start hmm. go after their kids, and guess what? All of a sudden, you start to get them. Oh, yeah. In the studio, there it is. Uh, if, you know, if they knew uh, that, uh, uh, that they were going to go after their kids no matter what uh, the voters do, uh, uh, because they keep these politicians in office for a lifetime through money uh when once they figure that out they'll come to see it in droves uh we just gotta we gotta get to that neighborhood and communities and those kind of things and i know you and i've uh, discussed that many times on how to do outreach uh to those communities to get the message to them and, and not just get it to them but to be able to sit down and talk to folks and and listen to their concerns and see if they're seeing what we're seeing and, and it sounds like they are which is very good well, we got to take one more commercial break mike uh we'll come back i want to talk about your ideas on on school funding and the funding following uh either the child or the families uh, and those kind of things uh, to get the money in the hands of people that are going to get the child the best education they can. We'll be right back on The Rob Mana Show. If you're like me and you want to be prepared for the unexpected. That's where the wellness company's emergency medical kit comes Over in. Over 40% of Americans say that they would avoid a doctor or a hospital unless it was a catastrophic situation. Medical emergency kits with ivermectin. The kit contains eight potentially life-saving medications for you to keep on hand in the event of natural disasters, supply chain shortages, medical emergencies, or like an apocalyptic situation. These are the actual medications that you would need in the event of certain situations. So they've got emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics. school choice voucher? A school voucher is a portion of money the state has allocated for a parent to pay partial or full school tuition, including religious and non-religious options. Where does the money come from to pay for vouchers? People in communities pay income taxes, sales taxes, or both. Those funds become the revenue the state uses to pay for education. Now, how do school vouchers work? A parent gathers information about schooling options, then picks a school that uniquely fits her child. Then she visits the school she likes best, and if it's a good fit, she and the school work together to get her child's voucher to pay for tuition. When the parent gets the voucher, she signs it, and that's it. Her child is enrolled. Today, thousands of parents in states across America are using vouchers to access schools that work best for their children. Learn more about those families and the effects school vouchers are having on communities at edchoice.org. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show that uh, we're talking with state Senate candidate from New Jersey, Michael Byrne, today about his run for office. And that's what this Training Tuesday is about. Run for office when you're upset with that. The little, the little cartoon there uh, for the intro, I think it does a pretty good job of explaining school vouchers, but 
uh, I don't like using the term voucher because uh, uh, I'm a big advocate of the funding following the child. I don't care how it's done, uh, but it needs to happen. It, uh, because these government schools, and somebody I heard say, I don't call them public schools anymore, I call them government schools, because that's what they are, they're government indoctrination places. And the government that's doing the indoctrinating is out of control, Mike, uh, out of control. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on policies to change that in New Jersey from the state Senate? Well, we have um, in this state uh, a problem in terms of the courts interfering in school funding. There's a policy handed down that many here are aware of called the Abbott decision, and it basically funneled uh, a massive wealth redistribution scheme from most of the towns to 31, I think it was 31 or 33 towns to which they called Abbott districts. And they called this the Abbott court decision in the 1980s. And that has um, perpetuated ever since. And so a lot of the cities, um, Newark, Camden, Jersey City, uh, other cities have gotten the lion's share of state education funding derived from the income tax. The income tax was created to help schools and solve the property tax crisis, supposedly. And, uh, but the cities have not, the, the quality of education has not improved at all. And in some cities, um, the cost per child to educate a child is over $30,000 now. And of course, in other cities, uh, where it's also very high, uh, the cities have gentrified greatly. So uh, you go to Jersey City or Hoboken, which you know may have been in need of extra help 30 years ago. Now you, couldn't, you can't get a home for under a million dollars, but they're still being supplemented by the rest of the state with uh, this disproportionate school funding formula. So number one, the legislature has to stand up to the court and um, point out to the court uh, probably in a different court, in a federal court maybe, that uh, no, the, the constitution of the state of New Jersey gives the legislature power to allocate funding for student education. And we have to get out from under this ridiculous decision, which is um, sucking, the, sucking up the money out of over 500 towns and, and funneling it to only 30. Um, and of course, there'll still be a big pot of money derived from the income tax, and that should be allocated uh, per child, not per zip code. Obviously, the system I just spoke about was basically per zip code, regardless of need. But it should be allocated per child based upon yeah. need. And parents should be allowed to uh, choose the education that's best for their child. Uh, could be homeschooling, it could be parochial or private or charter schools uh, in some of these cities. The only thing that's bailing out the city is the fact that charter schools have been allowed to crop up in certain cases. And that saved, you know, it saved a, a big cohort of students that would have otherwise been lost over the last 30 years. So um, this is what we need to do, allocate the money per child, per family, and not per zip code. Yeah, the, uh, you know, you mentioned the charter, school, charter schools and New Orleans comes to mind, you know, after Katrina, their entire public school system was made into charter schools under a special uh, school district. And uh, uh, you, know, you get some complaints about it. Uh, and there's a level of corruption there that is unique only to New Orleans uh, when it comes to public corruption. Uh, but uh, when you talk to the kids, that have gone through that system, uh, they are very grateful that they had that system as opposed to the old public school system uh, to uh, to get such a better education out of it. Uh, it, it, it just it just makes sense that you know the funding should follow the the parents and the child, and the parents should be choosing what's best for their kids. Uh, and, and yeah, the state legislature. Uh, is the body in New Jersey that has that constitutional power. So we've got a few minutes left here, Mike. Uh, what are some of the other issues uh, you're looking at? I know I, I, I saw on top of your Twitter feed uh, uh, where you, you put the photograph of uh, where you are at on the ballot. Uh, uh, understand there's a, like an A and B uh, ballot position issue. And speaking of 
career politicians, somebody on the Democrat side had control of that for like 18 years, uh, where you you go on the ballot in your district and you manage to defeat that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, we had uh, we had a very famous individual here, our county clerk from the 50s to the 80s was called the man with the golden arm. And the man with the golden arm uh, in, a, in a supposedly random drawing reached down into the tumbler and pulled uh, line A, the, the preeminent line, for the mm -hmm. Democrat Party in Essex County. Um, I think it was 40 out of 41 times over the course of 30 years. <laughs> and it was just random. It was just a matter of chance. Sure. And they took him to court in 1985. And, uh, the, of course, you know, the way they, the courts are the same in the 80s as they are now with election cases. They just don't want to be involved. And so they just sort of blew, blew off the Republican litigants. And the Republican litigants kept at it, though, and, and appealed and wound their way all the way to the state Supreme Court six or seven months later, the summer of the following year after the election. And the state Supreme Court said, yeah, this is this is moot now, but it's really absurd. This, this can't be, you should, you know, there has to be some sort of agreement so that everybody can have confidence the drawing is fair. And, right. but then, you know, they just went back to doing it. And so for the last 18 years, we had a new county clerk and for the, it was 17 years, and they, we had 18 elections in 17 years. And every single time line A for the uh, for the Democrats. And, you know, I talked about it, but I didn't have standing. And so since, you know, even though I'm chairman of the Republicans in my community and so forth, no, no standing, no standing. So that was the first thing I jumped on. As soon as I became the write-in candidate and the official nominee of the Republican Party by write-in, I said, we're going after line A and we're going to court. And sure enough, we had the clerk in court at 1.45 in the afternoon. The drawing was mandated to take place at three and he swore up and down to the judge that it'll be a fair drawing. And then we got down to the drawing room and another Republican was there who didn't know much about this. And he said, you know, I've heard this is rigged. Is, is there anything to that? To the clerk, to the clerk. And the clerk said, I think you're gonna be very happy with the results today. <laughs> and if you look at the video, if you look at the video on NorthJersey.com or on, on my Facebook page, you will see that it was once again, it was rigged, but it was rigged for us. It took him 10 seconds to find the right capsule with the right name inside of it. And uh, he finally found it and he, he gave us line A. <laughs> so so line why, a. why? Why? So that he can go back to giving it to the Democrats next year. Uh, that's right. That's right. Because you can't get a court to to do anything substantive. <laughs> well, we're, we're, it, it's 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 very it's very it's disgraceful, really. The courts, um, you know, our our so you know he swore to the judge it would be fair, so the judge denied the emergent application for an order to show cause. We had the drawing, but the underlying complaint is still active, and we're going to keep it active. And yeah. we did not prejudice ourselves by accepting line A without filing another certification that, listen, we were there, we were at the drawing, we watched the drawing, it's still rigged. And we wanna put that on the record. If the court yeah. wants to do something about it and order a new drawing this year, we're fine with that. We just want a fair drawing. Uh, of course they didn't. And so we'll just be back at them next year. We're not gonna let this go on. We're not gonna let this go on. And just so, just so people understand, line A means that your name is at the top of the ballot. Correct. Well, yeah, in this particular case, it does, yeah. So our ballots are unlike the ballots in the 49 other states in that in most states, when you look at your ballot, um, you'll see the, let's say, the uh, presidential section. And then under the word president are all the different names. And they might rotate, they might be alphabetical, what have you. Then there's the Senate section, and all those names are rotated. In our case, we have either lines or columns where all the Republicans are in a line next to each other, and then all the Democrats are in a line next to each other. Could be a vertical situation, but in our case, it's horizontal. And so you, that's why they call it voting the line or voting the top of the ticket to the bottom of the ticket. That sort of comes from, from this particular scheme that we have here in New Jersey and have had for decades. Well, I was just wondering, because ballot position, I remember you, you educating me on that, uh, even in an alphabetical place, you know, it can mean a percentage point or two sometimes. 
the, oh, it absolutely, it, ab it, abs it, a it absolutely does. And there are a lot of federal cases around the country over the years where there have been laws in certain states that say the party in power gets to be first, or yeah. it's just alphabetical of the parties so that Democrat comes before Republican in terms of party. And case that no, you can't do that. And so in many states, um, it won't just be a random drawing. They'll they'll produce different ballots where let's say it's let's say they're just two presidential candidates, Trump and Biden. They'll yeah. produce half the ballots will have Trump's name first, half the ballots will have Biden's name first, so that neither one of them has the benefit of being first on a majority of the ballots. But I mean we're not remotely near that in, in New Jersey. They just they just yeah. Create a, they create a scam, and uh, it's up to you to challenge it. So. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us today. I know everybody got a lot out of this. Uh, I got about 20 seconds for you to tell everybody where to find you, how to support you uh, before uh, we got to close this down. Well, I appreciate that. My web my website is michaeldburn.com or burnforsenate.com, whichever you prefer. Uh, I see that my Twitter handle is on the screen, michaeldburnnj. And uh, as I said, we're take, we have a great uh, campaign here. We're taking the fight directly to Murphy. We're taking the fight directly to Matt Platkin. We're going to take back control of the legislature. And if you can chip in to support the campaign on Anodyne, I'd appreciate it very much. All right, man. Thank you very much. Get out there and vote. When's Election Day? November 7th, six weeks from today. All right, November 7th, six weeks from today. Get out there and vote. District 27 for Mike Burns, State Senate. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, we appreciate you and good luck. Uh, well, folks, that's it for the Rob Mana Show today. As I said at the opening, if you're mad about something, run for office. We just gave you an education and how to do it and what to, how to talk about it right here. I'll see you tomorrow. It's Whistleblower Wednesday. We're talking to Jeff Dornick about artificial intelligence and all the crazy current events going on. And Tucker's still laughing. <laughs>
and the value of being brave. If you join their Book of the Month Club, you get a new book sent to your door every month that will teach your kids pro-God, pro-American values. Brave books will not betray your trust. Your children and your grandchildren will thank you. Remember, the land of the free depends on the homes of the brave.